Hey, this is Charles. And this is Pat. From Conversations Podcast, and you're listening to the Jedi Temple Archives Podcast. And this is Pat. <laughs> <laughs> you said the whole thing. <laughs> All right, let's try that again. Take two. Hey, this is Charles. And this is Pat. From Conversations Podcast, and you're listening to the Jedi Temple Archives. And this is Pat. (laughs) 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 Why aren't you at your post? (laughs) Cut, print, check the gate, moving on. Welcome to episode 37 of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. Only members of the Jedi Council are allowed access. Guarding the holocrons is one of the most important duties a Jedi can be given. Do you think you're up to the task? Welcome to another episode of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. I'm your host, Rob, and we are recording this episode on Tuesday, December 24th, 2019, uh, Christmas Eve here in the United States. So uh, Merry Christmas to all you guys out there. Thank you so much for making this year so special. Uh, It's been really a lot of fun producing the show for you guys and looking forward to getting back on track uh, that first full week in January with uh, our weekly schedule of shows. So uh, for this particular episode, I chose to focus on something that a lot of people don't even probably know is out there, and that is the Star Wars Christmas album. Um, This actually was produced back in 1980, uh, around Christmas time, and it was uh, produced by a gentleman named Mecco Minardo and co-produced by Tony Bongiovi. Uh, so, uh, it was, uh, entitled Christmas in the stars, and it was actually the second recording, uh, from this particular studio. Uh, they also had recorded a, a album called star Wars and other galactic funk. So, uh, not their first foray into the music business. Um, this was clearly a time where kind of star Wars was growing and, uh, it was just, you know, total phenomenon at the time. Um, for this particular album, most of the songs were uh, written, both the music and the lyrics, by a gentleman named Maury Yeston, who was a Yale University uh, music professor who went on to become a Tony Award-winning Broadway music composer. And uh, the kind of highlight of this album is a song called What Can You Get a Wookiee for Christmas When He Already Owns a Comb? So uh, looking forward to kind of taking a journey through this album with you guys, and we are going to go ahead and kick it off with the uh, titular song, Christmas in the Stars. stars i've never been so busy before it seems christmas arrives sooner each year christmas in the stars christmas in the stars what a merry christmas this will be 
Christmas in the stars, out among the stars, lighting up a Christmas tree. Come on, everyone, and sing. ask a question like that. Of course I'm getting ready for Christmas. It's all right here on my list. I've got mistletoe and holly. I've got peppermints and lollipops and 20 different kinds of chocolate bars. Everyone will be delighted. Even I am quite excited getting ready for Christmas in the stars. <laughs> yes, Artu, of course it's terrific, but there's more. Everyone will have a cookie. I bought extra for the I just hope that everybody can be here. If they all have marked the date, and if none of them is late, we'll have our greatest of Christmases this year. I agree, Artu. We had better help them. Oh, perhaps Chewie can help too. Watch out, Artu! So unlike the Star Wars holiday special that was kind of an unmitigated disaster and really did not have George Lucas's direct oversight, the Christmas in the Stars album he was a little bit more engaged with. Um, actually, the album artwork for this was created by Ralph McQuarrie, who did a lot of the incredible artwork that was, uh, you know, created the concepts for a lot of what we saw within the Star Wars films. Uh, in fact, even within Rise of Skywalker, the throne that we see is a throwback to one of Ralph McQuarrie's old um, concept drawings. So his art is still used to this day to kind of drive how some of the films turn out. And uh, it also bears noting that the studio that produced this record, RSO Records, would later go out of business uh, due to an unrelated court matter. So uh, they are no longer around, but uh, as we'll get into a little bit later in this episode, uh, they did keep producing this particular record. Um, it's been re-released a number of times. So uh, we're going to move on to the next song on the album, Bells, Bells, Bells. What is that? That, my silly friend, is the sound of bells. What are bells? Be I cannot believe the question. It's like, what is indigestion? Not that bells and indigestion are the same. I cannot believe the query. To ask, what is Einstein's theory compared to what are bells seems almost tame. 
What is indigestion? Who is Einstein? Are two really? Before you ask me who is H.G. Wells, I will help your education with a simple explanation of bells. Bells? Bells. What was all that? All that was the verse. A verse always comes before the chorus. and sort, bells to play and bells to sport, chiming what the hour is now, or they'll lead you to a cow. I was afraid you'd ask what is a cow. Bells, 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 make such a merry sound. Bells, 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 when Christmas comes around. Bells, when snow begins to fall. Bells, when friends begin to call. Bells, when love is in your heart. Bells, when carol start in each and every land where peaceful harmony dwells you will hear loud and clear the thunderous wondrous sound So ten feet tall. Bells that sparkle in your eyes, every colour, every size. Speaking languages with ease. In a breeze, they're Japanese. You know what Japanese are. So one of the possibly uh, first references to Cowbell ever in a Christmas song, uh, you got to give them a lot of credit for that. Uh, totally out of the blue there. But um, certainly uh, this is an album that is mainly narrated and sung by Anthony Daniels. And uh, he actually did fly over from London for a day to kind of warble his way through the songs. Uh, they also had Ben Burt involved, who is the incredible sound designer for the Star Wars franchise. Um, he did all the original sounds in the in the original trilogy films and uh, really provided the basis for what we see and hear even today. So he was uh, involved with the project mainly to do the sound effects for both R2-D2 and Chewie. So with having Anthony Daniels involved as C-3PO in this particular album, it would be remiss to not have a song dealing with the odds. And the next one up on the album is called called The Odds Against Christmas. What are the odds this time of year of getting a Christmas snow? A gift that pleases, a case of the sneezes, or a kiss neath a mistletoe? You doubt the odds against Christmas cards finding each friend on your list, or getting a box of oversized socks, but you don't stop to think about this. 
Christmas could have so easily been the day they invented the wheel, or the day Bad King John was so put upon that the Magna Carta was sealed. They could have discovered America on December the 25th, or snow could have fallen, or nothing at all, and we'd never have known what we missed. The odds against Christmas being Christmas are 365 to 1. Christmas, you see, could have easily never, ever begun. The odds against Christmas being Christmas, against love being born at all, were so very large that all of the rod should seem terribly, terribly small. You have to remember, when you're in December, that you're at the close of a year. What would you have done if time had run out before Christmas was here? I'd like to point out that the odds against adding an extra month are 92 million to three. You cannot put locks on all the clocks or chain Father Time to a tree. But whatever the odds this time of year, humans should never complain. Whether caught in the crush of a Christmas rush, or the snow, or the sleet, or the rain, Whole galaxies in distant worlds would change places with any of you because you have a day when love came to stay though it nearly didn't come true The odds against Christmas being Christmas are 365 to 1 bum, bum, Christmas you see could have easily never ever begun lucky we were. The odds against Christmas being Christmas are 365 to 1. Christmas you see could have She didn't have to do this to impress me. Sir, the possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,720 to 1. Never tell me the odds. So despite the kind of campy nature of most of the songs in this particular album, it's kind of hard to deny that they uh, there's a little bit of appeal to them. If you're a Star Wars fan, uh, they certainly would fit in with what you're playing around Christmas time in your house. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're fairly creative as well. So I got to give them credit for that. Um, on top of that, this particular album was interesting in the fact that it was one of the music industry's first non-classical or jazz projects to be recorded and mixed digitally. And this next song that we're going to talk about, uh, and I'll play for you here, uh, which is kind of the, the most unique one on the album, is called What Can You Get a Wookiee for Christmas When He Already Owns a Comb? And it was actually only the third digitally recorded single uh, on the Billboard Hot 100 uh, in the history of that particular chart and reached uh, number 69 in the uh, in 1980. It actually appeared on the chart a number of years, uh, but the highest it ever got was number 69 in the chart. And uh, we'll play that and you can hear why. Let me see. We have a scarf for Skywalker, right? Yes. And perfume for the princess? Yes. yes but it... What about Han Solo? Couldn't we get him here, huh? That leaves one big problem. The Wookiee! Couldn't we get him a comb? We gave him a comb last year. What can you get? A wooden for Christmas when he already owns a comb. 
It's just me, but I would think back in 1980 when this was originally produced that uh, the fact that Chewie didn't get a medal for the Battle of Yavin would have uh, opened a, a great opportunity for a gift to get Chewie that year. But uh, clearly this was kind of before that whole movement had started. Um, and uh, you'll have to go and watch Rise of Skywalker to find out if Chewie ever does receive his medal. So hopefully you guys have gotten a chance to get out there and see the movie at least once. Uh, I've seen it a couple times already. I'll probably see it more over the holiday season and looking forward to uh, after the first of the year, we're probably going to get together. I'm going to have Tom back on and we are going to give our review of the rise of Skywalker. So look for that in the future. Uh, the next song on this album is titled R2-D2, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. And this song is actually interesting in the sense that uh, Tony Bon Jovi, uh, who was the one of the producers of this particular album, was actually the second cousin of a guy named John Bon Jovi. And uh, he was actually sweeping floors. John Bon Jovi was sweeping floors at the studio at the time that this album was being made. And uh, this became the first professional recording of John Bon Jovi. So 
so uh, you're going to know him better as John Bon Jovi. So check this out and see if you can pick up his voice. Artu, where are you? Oh, there you are. Well, if you come over here, you'll find a wonderful surprise. You'll have to plug into the central computer to hear what it is. That's right. No, it's not a phase vector. It's your Christmas present. Converter isn't complete yet. It isn't finished. Lock in your circuits again quickly. So Tony Bon Jovi, when he originally decided to produce this album, it was just kind of on a whim. He was thinking maybe he could sell 50,000 copies and uh, ended up, when it was all said and done, selling about 2.5 million copies. So uh, based on that and the proceeds that he earned from the creation and production of this album and the profits off it, he was actually able to build his own record studio, which is New York's Power Station. So a little background on kind of the motivation for the creation of this album and uh, kind of the 
the downstream impacts that it had on Tony Bon Jovi, uh, and certainly John Bon Jovi. Uh, clearly, you know, with this being his first recording, uh, he went on to kind of have uh, quite the musical career himself. Now, this next song called "Sleigh Ride" has some uh, influences from a lot of classical Christmas songs, and uh, we're just going to go ahead and play it, and you can check that out for yourself. You've done it! 
So if that doesn't get you in a holiday mood, I don't know what will. Um, the interesting thing about this album is that it took a little under a month to write, record, and produce. Uh, and kind of as an interesting side note, George Lucas almost killed the project uh, because in the original lyrics, uh, there was a, a portion of the lyrics where Yoda had referenced the birth of Jesus. And uh, Lucas was very much against having the concepts that he was creating with the Force tied in any way to a specific religion, especially Christianity. So uh, he was ready to pull the plug on the project, but the producers were able to stave that off, and we'll get a little bit more into how that occurred after this song, which is titled Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas, have a Christmas with glee. Here's a little toy any girl or boy certainly would love to see. Merry, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas to who? Take a guess, yes, yes. Merry Christmas to you. Here is a baseball that throws itself. If you've been good this year, it may appear on your toy shelf. Do we have the data on what to get the Wookiee this year? He already has a comb, you know. Yes, we have finally computed the perfect gift. Here it is, a brush. Perfect. Merry Christmas to you. Here's a toy robot that goes to sleep. Can you believe the way he does it is by counting sheep? One sheep, two sheep, three sheep. Merry, merry Christmas. Have a Christmas with glee. Have a little fun, eat a honey bun, decorate a Christmas tree. Merry, merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to who? Take a guess. Yes, yes. Merry Christmas to you. Here is a Very weird Cause when you put it on It seems you've gone and disappeared Where is the Wookiee? I think he put the costume on Hey, did you tickle me? I did not tickle you Well, you didn't do it Then who did? Yes, yes Merry Christmas to you Have another little guest Yes, yes Merry Christmas to you Just one more guest Yes, yes Merry Christmas to Wow, yeah. I really don't know that uh, that tickling reference with Chewbacca was necessarily age-appropriate at the time, but whatever. Uh, other than that, the song kind of reads like a, uh, a sales pitch for something that's going to show up in a sharper image catalog. So take that for what it's worth. Um, getting back to the story about George Lucas and his uh, consideration for shutting down the production of this entire album, uh, both Yeston, who had written the songs, as well as Tony Bon Jovi, uh, had convinced Lucas, essentially, to let them uh, rewrite the lyrics that he had issue with as opposed to scrapping the whole album. Uh, but Lucas kind of at this point was a little bit gun shy after the holiday special and he made his attempts to kind of bury the album other ways. Uh, one of those ways being that the album was pretty much unceremoniously dumped on store shelves without any, uh, any effort made ahead of time to do any promotion for that particular album. So uh, fortunately that did not kill it, but this next song uh, called The Christmas Sighting is really a riff on Night Before Christmas and let's go ahead and roll right into that. Hurry up, everyone. We have to finish before S. Claus gets here. Why do we have to leave every Christmas before he arrives? Because he doesn't want us to see him. 
why not? Maybe he's shy. Maybe he doesn't exist. Oh, he exists, all right. I have a sighting right here in my memory bank. You mean you actually saw... Judge for yourself. It happened only last year. It was the night before Christmas, and all through the shop, the toy-making droids had each come to a stop. The toys and the gifts had been stacked up with care in the hope that S. Claus would himself soon be there. All over the world, children old, children young were asleep as they dreamed of the stockings they'd hung. With a smile on their faces, all snug in their beds, as visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. But needing a wrench that I couldn't find, I went back to the shop, leaving R2 behind. No, R2, you were not there. I saw him all by myself. Don't listen to him. I'm telling the story. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. As I searched through the shop, there came a great clatter. And I thought, oh, my stars, there is something the matter. Then the clatter got louder and got me so vexed, I hid under a bench to see what would come next. The light of the moons on the new-fallen snow lit the walls of the shop with a soft, friendly glow. When there, at the window, what I saw made me stare. A sleigh and eight reindeer floating in air. And jumping across from the sleigh to the floor was a round little man. Nothing less, nothing more. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. He had a broad face and a round little belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard on his chin was as white as the snow. And I thought, can it be that S. Claus is alive? Why, the odds against that are ten billion to five. So who was this creature coming so near? What should I do? Was he someone to fear? But a wink of his eye and a turn of his head soon helped me to know I had nothing to dread. But what do you mean, R2? I was not frightened at all. No. No, I was under the bench because, well, I didn't want to get in the way. Wait, wait, wait. Here's the best part. He said not a word as he held out his sack. Then he reached for our toys and he started to pack. And I thought as I watched this shy little man, what a joy to be part of his wonderful plan. Then he jumped in a flash to the seat of his sleigh, calling out to his reindeer to take him away. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen. On Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen. By the light of the stars on each child we will call. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. And I heard him exclaim as he sped out of sight, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. So with that particular track, you can definitely see that there was a, a well-thought-out decision to kind of steer clear of any references to Life Day uh, or anything from that holiday special that was kind of uh, so maligned the prior year. And really, instead, it focused on a story about R2-D2 and C-3PO helping this workshop full of droids creating presents for Santa's cousin, S-Claus. 
so that's really uh, where they chose to go with this one. Um, I'm going to go ahead. We're going to launch into the last track on the album called The Meaning of Christmas. And uh, that really uh, has Anthony Daniels at the end of it kind of signing off for us and for the podcast as well. So we're going to go ahead and let that speak for itself. I do want to remind all of you uh, that we will be back that week of January 6th with uh, new weekly episodes. Thank you again so much for listening to the podcast. I I, uh, cannot tell you how much it means to have so many people who make this a part of their week uh, every week and every time we put an episode out. And uh, it really helps uh, to motivate us to to create the content for you guys. So thank you all. Hopefully you all have a happy and safe holiday season and we will be talking to you in the new year. So with uh, no further ado, we're going to go ahead and launch into the meaning of Christmas. He did see as Claus. Of course he did. These toys don't walk out of the factory by themselves, do they? Merry Christmas, everyone. Who are you? Why, I'm S. Claus, of course. Wait a minute. There is no image match with 3PO sighting. Where is the round little belly that shakes like jelly? Look, he's putting on a red suit. But where's the beard? You know, I think you have me confused with Santa Claus. I'm his son. There are far too many children in the galaxies for one Claus to handle. So I help him bring toys to all the children. Do you really bring toys to all of them? Every single one. But what about droids? Will we get toys too? Not exactly. But even though you don't know it, every time you build a toy, you've already been given a gift. What does he mean? I think he means Christmas. But, Mr. Claus, pardon me for asking, but what does Christmas really mean? Could you explain it to us? Of course. I would be happy to. The meaning of Christmas. Christmas is a Christmas is a world of snow. Christmas is your own face shining with a special glow. And as any child can see, Christmas needs a Christmas tree. Blinking tiny
we care for each other. Not only this year, but every year. As far back as anyone can remember. And way into the future. For different peoples, on different planets. But the best Christmas gift is always the same. I can love you, my gift to you, is that I do, will you all send with me to each other? The happiness your toys bring to children all over the galaxy is your gift. Not a feeling can compare to a moment filled with care. For a gift of love will live and ever last. That is the meaning of Christmas. Someday, every day will be like Christmas. Wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs>